Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. You can't sanctify everything. There are some things that there's just no way that that could ever be done in a way that glorifies God. So off the list, there are some things that cannot be done for the glory of God. Think about your life, the things that you're made a priority, the thing that you're investing your energy, your time, your talent, your treasure to do. And, and can I do this for the glory of God? Can God be glorified through how I do this? If he can, then he, Paul says, man, whatever you do. Some things simply can't be done for God's glory. As Pastor Bill will point out in today's message, Paul challenges his audience to do everything as unto the Lord, your work, parenting, relationships, even cleaning your house. Nearly every aspect of your life can be done as a form of worship when it's done for God. But sin in any form can't be done as unto the Lord. It disgusts him. And in the end, it can only destroy. So put those wicked things out of your life and invest yourself in the things that honor God. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. If you walk real carelessly and loosely, before you know it, you are stumbling people. For some of you, you might be stumbling people with your poor attitude. And so you got to check that. Man, it's my attitude. I've met Christians that feel like they got that liberty. Well, I'm just going to keep it real. I'm going to just say whatever I think. Man, that ain't what the Bible say. That's not Bible. That's flesh. That's somebody saying, I'm not going to restrain my flesh. I'm not going to die to my flesh. The Bible says be swift to hear, slow to speak. Zip it, zippy, you know, just put that down. So if you find that your speech is stumbling to people, you need to check that. If, if people are constantly stumbled by the way you talk to them, maybe you need to reevaluate how you're talking to people. You know, some people, they just have a, they just kind of talk down. That's you. You need to check that. That's not because how are you going to witness to people for the Lord? And they, everybody feel put down by you. That's not you're not in a good spot. Um, you know, some people do it because of their own insecurities or whatnot. But are there things that you do that, you know, man, this is stumbling other people. Um, I want to check those things in my life. There have been things that I've had to I have I had to do over um, parts of even things that are parts of my nature. Probably the biggest one. I, I think my entire life I've grown up uh, in my family, among my peers and friends, bagging on people, you know, making jokes and whatnot. And I've always had people around me that kind of take it so I could take it. I dish it out and I could take it. Um, but as a Christian, I found that there are some people that can dish it out, but they can't take it. Now, that's not for me to judge, but I have learned that I've had people play with me and I'm like, oh, OK, you playing with me. I, go, bah, bah, bah. I play back and then they'd be like, they, they feelings hurt. They don't, I don't see them for a few weeks. And I'm like, well, did, I, did I say something? You know, and I find out that I'm like, oh, I thought we were playing, you know, and, and that was hard for me because at, at one point I would say, man, you, you know, these are guys. I don't play with women. So I'm like, you a grown man. You got to get over that, you know. But the Lord was like, hey, you, you, you're not the standard. You know, I can't hold people to be like me. And God was like, you need to just don't play with them. You, I know who I can play with and I know who I can't. You know, when my sister comes over, it's no law. We, me and my sister go at it because somebody's going to lose the battle every time she comes over. I owe her one. She got me last time. But, you know, I got to know who I can do that with or not. And it's a liberty. And I'll tell you this. My wife will sometimes be looking at me and she's like, what are you laughing at? Because it still happens in my head. <laughs> but I just can't say it. So, But I still get the chuckle. I get, I get to enjoy it. So, um, but those are the sort of things where Paul is saying, look, look, 
look out, let no one seek his own. Only just think about yourself. But let, let us each consider the other's well-being. Is, is this going to be helpful to other people? And if you can see the theme here, he's trying to help us to think outside of ourselves. That we wouldn't be so self-centered, so selfish, uh, so self-consumed, but we would be living for the glory of God in a way that's beneficial to other people. Uh, now look at verse 25. He says, eat whatever is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience sake. So you go to the meat market, he says, don't even ask him, you know, with the sacrifice, just, just buy it and go home with your bargain. Uh, and he says in verse 26, for the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. That's a quotation from Psalm 24, verse 1. He's going to quote it one more time in a different context. So uh, he says, look, eat whatever you want. When you go to the marketplace, buy whatever you want. Don't ask any questions for your conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all is fullness. God gave us everything to enjoy. Enjoy it. Verse 27. If any of those who do not believe invite you to dinner and you desire to go, eat whatever is set before you. Ask you no questions for your conscience sake. Somebody invites you to their house for dinner. Go on over and eat. Don't ask them where they got the meat from. Go ahead, eat it and enjoy it, you know. Don't be that special person. Where did you get this meat from? Which market was it? Which rack was it? You know, just go on over there, eat, thank God for it, thank them for it, and enjoy it. Verse 28. But if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you. And this is interesting. For the, for the sake of the one who told you and, and for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and all his fullness. So he gives the same reference in one sense saying, hey, eat whatever they set before you. Just don't ask no questions. But on this side of the table, if they tell you, hey, we sacrifice this to idols first. He said, well, then now it becomes a matter of witness to them, right? That, that they wouldn't be somehow stumbled by your behavior and say, well, um, that now this is, this is acceptable. Now we told him outright what it was. He says, now that you know, uh, now you shouldn't eat it. Once again, he says, because the earth is the Lord's and all is full. And so I'm like, how does he use the same verse in two different applications? This is it. Right. The, the earth is the Lord's. Everything here is from the Lord's. All the fullness of the earth. It's available to us. But listen, we still got to be careful how we how we take in what God's given. God says all available to you. And if on this end you can enjoy it without stumbling anybody, man, by all means, enjoy it. But if on this end over here you can't enjoy it without possibly stumbling somebody, he says, then I'm, I'm, I'm expecting that. I put it all out there. There's obviously something else for you. Um, don't be a stumbling block to somebody else. And again, we don't live in a culture where these sort of things are high on the agenda or the list. But there are other things that as Christians, we want to be careful about in terms of our behavior, in terms of how we uh, the things we do in front of other people. Uh, we've spoken about this many times. And, and I'm always telling you guys the area in which we live and where we minister. One of the biggest issues that we have around here is addictions, drugs and alcohol addictions. Um, sexual sin. Those are some of the things that are rampant and hindering people from really living out life the way God intended. So we're really careful about those things. As we raise up leadership and those that serve, that stuff got to be in order. Um, not because we're legalistic, because we love them and we want to be examples. Those that we raise up and say, hey, these are examples that you can follow. These are people that we're, we're walking in agreement in some things. One of the things that some people have an issue with um, which, which is okay with me, right, is, is, is our stance on alcohol. The Bible does not say it's a sin to have a drink of alcohol. The Bible says it's a sin to get drunk. Our stance is, for those in leadership, that it is a liberty that we lay down. 
so that we wouldn't be a stumbling block. I could have a beer if I wanted to, and I'd be okay with God. I'm, I would not be sinning if I went home today and had a beer. But I guarantee y'all that I would stumble some people if I go have some beers. Number one, my little, the little fella lives with me, BJ. He's checking me out. He wants to be what I am. I have a beer. Guess what he's going to want? I want my first beer too, dad. I drink coffee. He got boundless energy, but he want coffee because I drink coffee. You know, um, I'm responsible for that. I, I feel responsible. Some people say, well, just don't do it in front of them and they won't know. Um, I, now I've had people ask me, pastor, do you drink? I can't lie. So I either do or I don't. So some people say, well, just do it in private. And none of, of their business. No, nah, my life is different. Um, I've, I've sold out my life to the Lord in a way where I'm saying I, I'm my life. I'm a fishbowl. Get up in here. Take a look. I ain't no secrets. You know, it, it, my son be up there telling them everything anyway. So there ain't no secrets, you know. And I believe that's that's how we're supposed to live. You know, either I do or I don't. And um, and I don't. It's not a prideful thing. I, I, I used to be addicted. So for me, uh, like I say, what's my guarantee against ever being addicted to alcohol again? Don't touch it. How do I make sure I never become a crack habit addict? Don't smoke no crack. Don't be addict, you know. How I make sure I don't get back hooked on cigarettes? Don't pick one up and, you know, there be. I, I used to be Newports, but not no more. I haven't had Newports since 1995 by the grace of God. So that's how we, that's, that's my stance. So it's a liberty. I have the liberty. I understand that I have the liberty, right? I'm not making a legalistic thing. I don't tell, I don't look at a Christian that drinks and think they're a second class Christian because they have a drink of wine or whatever. I'm just saying for those that are going to serve and be an example, I think we should lay it down. We should lay down that liberty because it is a stumbling block. I, I'm telling you, if y'all, somebody come find me at Chili's, throwing back one there, like, if pastor can have one, I can have ten. You know, like, he's the pastor. You know, I, I know there be people hindered. I'm not going to have that on my resume, you know. And so, because it's not a necessary thing anyway, um, I got so many options of what to drink. I'm going to pass on the alcoholic beverages for that sake. So that's what Paul is talking about here. He's saying, look, there are things that you can do it, right? You got the liberty to do it, but are you just living for yourself? Are you thinking about how it might impact other people? How might this affect those that are looking to you for leadership? Those that are looking to you for an example. Those that are in bondage themselves, wondering if they could ever be free, right? Some of y'all are walked out of some different things. And when people come back into your life and they say, you, you don't do it at all no more? No, by God's grace. You become to them hope that they could be free one day. Your freeness, your deliverance, your no longer being in bondage tells them that I, I might could be free too. Maybe I need to, I'll go to church with you. Maybe I need what you have so that I can get free of this thing. That the same thing, it works both ways, right? The same thing that could leave somebody stuck could have somebody else looking and saying, okay, it is possible. Because they were just like me at one point in time and now the Lord has changed them and, and, and they're reaching out to me. Maybe I could be helped. Right. You become a source of hope. That's what we want to be. Right. I'm, I'm reaching back constantly. I'm looking at people that I love my people. I love the people I grew up with. I love the people that we were friends back in the day. And I got a lot of people that they're still back out there, you know, wrapped up in the stuff we grew up wrapped up in. And I want to be a resource to snatch some people out of that mess and show them that there's a different kind of way. Show some of these guys that I mean, you're going to have you a family, get a wife. And stop messing around. You're 40 now. You know, um, it's possible. I'm, I'm a witness to guys in that. I tell my friends and back in the day, I tell them, married, 18 years, four kids, you know, that's a witness, you know, because that's not for y'all that knew me post, you know, pre-Jesus. That wasn't really the way it looked like it was going to go. You know, that God has changed things. So we can be an example to people. And that's what we want to be. Not stumbling, 
but we want our lives to speak to them about what Christ has done, how we could free and deliver. Amen. And so now he says in verse um, 29, conscience, I say, um, not your own, but that of the other. So he's not not your conscience, but the conscience of other people. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? So he said, man, you know, why is my freedom judged by somebody else and their, their conscience? Um, and again, the question is asked it's because we're, we're it's because we're seeking to glorify God. Um, I'm not living for my rights primarily. I'm living to be a witness. Uh, Paul said, look, I'm, I want my life to be a witness to other people, an example. And he laid down many liberties to do that. And we talked about them along the way. So now he says in verse 30, but I but if I partake with thanks, why am I evil spoken of for the food over which I give thanks? And once again, he said, well, if I pray over it and I thank God for it, how could I be evil spoken of? Uh, once again, it's because of their conscience. It's because of the weakness of somebody else. And so verse 33, therefore, and again, a connector word back to everything that we just read. Therefore, as a result of all of that, here goes the here. Here's what you're supposed to get out of that lesson. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And that's a question that we could ask with everything that we're doing. Can I do this to the glory of God? Is, is there a room? Is there a place? Is, is there a way for God to be glorified through this thing that I'm doing right here? Um, and that's a good question to ask. You know, I, I, as, as our, we're raising up our kids, as you adults are living your lives, the things that you've made priorities in your life, you need to consider. Can I do this for the glory of God? Because there are many things that we can do for the glory of God. And we need to consider that. Hey, I'm doing this already. But now I want to be mindful that I could actually do this for the glory of God. I want God to be glorified through how I do this thing right here. Uh, there are some things that cannot be done for the glory of God. Um, can your students go to school in such a way? Can they be students to the glory of God? Yes. Can you be an employee at your job? Most jobs for the glory of God? Sure. Um, can someone play sports for the glory of God? Sure. Can they, you know, do music for the glory of God? Absolutely. Um, you know, there's some things you can't do. For the glory of God. Um, and so, you know, can, can someone twerk for the glory of God? No. No. No shape, form, no way. You can't do that for the glory of God. I just want to be clear. You can't sanctify everything. There are some things that there's just no way that that can ever be done in a way that glorifies God. So off the list, there are some things that cannot be done for the glory of God. Think about your life, the things that you're made a priority the thing that you're investing your energy, your time, your talent, your treasure to do. And, and can I do this for the glory of God? Can God be glorified through how I do this? If he can, then he, Paul says, man, whatever you do, uh, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. You're writing down notes. Write down two verses in, in three, three, three verses in Colossians. Write down Colossians 3.17 and in Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. And I'm going to read those to you. Um, Colossians chapter three, verse 17, Paul says this, he says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him. So in your words and in your actions, make sure you do them as unto the Lord, that, that, that God's glorified through what we do. And then in verse 23 and 30, 23 and 24 of Colossians three, he says, and whatever you do, do it heartily. That means with all your heart as to the Lord and not to man. Knowing that from the Lord you receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Paul said, man, whatever you do. I'm telling my kids that, man, whatever you do, you do it with all your heart. 
You go hard. You go, you go all out for whatever you do. You do it all your heart and you do it as unto the Lord and not to man. You know, that, that will save us. If I do my work as unto the Lord and my boss gets on my nerves, that's all I'm doing. I'm working for the Lord anyway. It's all right. Um, you know, for, for you husbands and wives, if you're doing it for the Lord and he or she gets on your nerves, you'll be okay doing it for the Lord. You know what happens when you don't do stuff for the Lord? You can do it for people. Then when they get on your nerves, you start doing it wrong. You know, I did this for you. You didn't even say thank you. Then I'm not doing it no more. And then, then that, that's because you was doing it for them. I worked hard. I did, they didn't give me the raise. I didn't get the, and I'm not, now you, did, you, got, you, got, you got attitude. But if you do it as unto the, God, I do this unto you. My work is done as unto you. I want you to be glorified through what I do. I know that my reward ultimately comes from you. Um, rather they acknowledge it or not, rather they reward it or not, rather they compensate me for it or not, my reward will come from you. And that'll set us free from being men pleasers when we really want to be living for the glory of God. Check this out, though, because if you do the things that you do as unto the Lord, probably those that you do them for will be pleased. I guarantee if every husband here would, you know, minister to his wife unto the Lord, that he would love her like Christ. All that, God, I'm going to just treat her. I'm going to just do it as unto you. Um, I, I think the wives would be blessed. They, y'all would be saying, I'm bringing them back. <laughs> we got the, this is this good. You know, if every, if every wife would serve her husband as unto the Lord, husbands would be blessed. Uh, if our employees, whatever it is that we do, if we were to do all that we do for the glory of God, um, we'd be better by far at what we do anyway. God would be glorified. We would be a strong witness because they would look and say, what, what's different about you? Love the Lord. I do this as unto the Lord. Be, it, would be a, it would be a platform to testify of his goodness. Why you work so hard. It's why you're faithful. That's why they can depend on you. That's why you're not still in time. That's why when everybody else, you know, stole an extra hour because the boss was out sick, you, you was back on time because you know the Lord. And it makes a difference in how you live, that you're not just like everybody else. Um, and so these are the things that Paul is encouraging. Last few verses, 32, he says, give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men and all things, not seeking my own profit, but for the profit of many that they may be saved. And as he ends here, Paul says, look, the things that I do, he says, I, I'm not seeking, seeking my own profit or my own gain, but it's for the profit of many other people. And he gives at the last, the last three words that they may be saved. That's his goal. I, I'm, I'm living my life for the benefit of some other people. I want them to be saved. So here goes the question for us is we're going to wrap this up today. And uh, a little later, we're going to get to go out. Right. One thing I'd like everybody just question yourself. Right. Am I living in such a way that those that are investigating my life, those that are close enough and observing how I'm living, observing what I'm doing, could my life as it is right now, could it be used to help other people be saved? Is, is, there, is there enough of Christ shining through my life that people might see how I'm living and they be drawn to the Lord? Or are you looking at your life and say, there are some things that I'm doing that I think could actually be a hindrance, right? And we don't ever point those things out uh, for condemnation. God never does that. God convicts us so we can change and do better. So I ask those questions that you could evaluate yourself uh, what's good, whatever is good, then you want to continue and maintain that. But if you recognize that, you know what, there's some part of my character. I hear about it quite often. It comes up here and there from different people. And I think this is a hindrance 
to God really shining through my life. Um, then today would be a great day for you to lay that thing down. Say, you know what, I'm going to repent of being that way. I'm going to repent of exercising that liberty. Uh, I want God to use my life. I would love for my life to be used to bring people out of darkness into light. Consider this, you guys. What a big deal it is that somehow through your life, somebody else could, could, they could transfer from going to hell to going to heaven, from darkness to light through your life. Right. God is God is God says, I put the treasure of the gospel in earthen vessels. Uh, I've sent you guys out. You guys are my ambassadors. Um, the way that God is desired to put the gospel out is that the gospel would go out through other people that have received the gospel. Right. He doesn't stick his head out the cloud and say, hey, I'm God. Believe in me. He says, I, I got other people that believe in me that are going to testify of me. Um, their life and their words testifying of the power of God. And so what a privilege that we could be used by God in that way. And so I'm encouraging us that we would be used by God in that way. Uh, again, I speak to the married couples and say, if you're blessed to have little kids or older kids that are looking at you guys, man, live in such a way. Let your lives shine that your kids could uh, see what it looks like for somebody to walk with the Lord. That they would be encouraged to have a prayer life. They'd be, that they would see the miraculous through your life as you guys seek the Lord, as you guys walk by faith and not by sight, as you guys trust God beyond what's visible and God comes through, that their little faith would just start being built up and grow. Um, for those of us that have family and friends that are observing us, you know, let it shine. Don't be that Christian that lives a double life so as not to offend your unbelieving friends or people. Uh, and I'm aware that people do this. They're, they're so concerned to maintain friendships that they'll live a double life. You'd be like a 007 Christian. You know how to behave at church around Christians. And when you get around your non-Christians, you behave just like them so that they don't see a difference. So there's nothing about you to draw them to Christ so that they'll still like you on their way to hell. I'm saying that that's messed up. Right. That's that's not that's not that's not what you want to be. Um, I, I, I need to be this guy that says, look, you. You might be offended at the transformation. And I can tell you guys that some of my friends initially, some of it was because I was maybe overzealous and I went too hard. Uh, but initially, you know, it, they, nobody came with me when I first got saved. I went. Dre, remember, I went over. I, I, I did a pop up visit on all my old homies while they were over there rolling up blunts and drinking. And I was like, I'm, I'm coming to share the gospel. And I went over and I shared. And they heard. And I went home. <laughs> and it was it was. It was pretty sad. I mean, it was like I, I went back and they were doing the same thing. I'm like, I, I was like, God, it didn't work. You know, power didn't fall. To, I, you know, I, I prayed in tongues even like nothing happened. You know, it would come later. You know, it would come later. But I just want to encourage us, you guys, that um, every one of us is connected to people that they need what we have. And um, we don't want to hold back. We don't want to be soft with it. And we don't want to be fraudulent. Uh, we want to be a great witness for the Lord. The time, days are evil. We live in some really wicked days. Um, really wicked things are happening um, in our world, in our country. Um, there's a lot of things that are not real exciting that are going on at this point in time. Um, but as believers, we're always able to point to this wonderful hope, right? We always are. I'm always looking above. I'm looking at the stuff that's happening in the politics, but I don't get wrapped up in it too heavily, right? This, this is not my home. It's supposed to get worse, before it gets better. So as I'm looking at it get worse, I mean, it's discouraging and you pray over it and you, you know, I'm a vote the best I can. This is terrible. This is a terrible, 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 the worst one ever I could ever think in my life. Anyway, you know, I'm gonna do the best I can here, but I understand that this is not it, right? My home is not down here. 
right? Heaven is my home. And there won't be none of this mess when I get there. So I'll endure it down here as it gets worse. I'm a preach harder, but eventually I'm going to heaven. And that's where our hearts and our heads need to be. Amen. First Corinthians touches on how the city of Corinth was rampant with idolatry and immorality, not too different from cities of today. Does this mean that you run away and isolate yourself from the sinful world? No, but Paul's letter did communicate that as a Christian, it's important to live a life that's upright and pure before God, even in the midst of a dark and sinful world. When the pressure is great, your opportunity to contrast the dark with light can be even greater. How does one do this with all the influences pressing in? Keep looking to the Word of God for direction in all things. If you're seeking some assistance with where to read, we have a helpful Bible reading plan on our website. This can be a useful guide to help you explore the Word on a daily basis. Look on our website, CalvaryInglewood.org. Thank you for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through 1 Corinthians. Before we go, we'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry financially. Any amount is appreciated. These teachings are broadcast on the radio and help spread the good news of the gospel. That's a powerful thing. If you'd like to find out more about how to support A Transforming Word, go to CalvaryInglewood.org or donate through our app. We're so thankful for your support and more than anything, we hope this ministry has been and continues to be a blessing to you. We look forward to joining Pastor Bill again next time right here on A Transforming Word. Transforming Word